The Business on RT Radio 1 with AIB. We know that your focus is on your business. That's why ours is on supporting you. So sustainable businesses and earlier tours on foot uh, of sustainable... <laughs> on foot of fashionable footwear which, with just a few cobblers and shoemakers scattered across the country as customers walk towards a more sustainable approach. How is this impacting the shoemaking and restoring business. She from Queen strolled into some of their workshops to find out. In the shoemaker shop this refrain would never stop as it away working all the oh, It could be 25, 30 pairs a day. You know, a certain shoe will come in and you'll see the condition of it. You do wonder sometimes at the whereabouts of that shoe, the journey is taken, like, you know, and that person who wears it, what their lives are really like. So you can sense that sometimes in a shoe. You wander, you scratch your head, you know, and you say, wow, this shoe's been around the block, literally. <laughs> We're in Pat Franklin's shoe repairs in Limerick with Pat and his daughter, Stacey. I'm just about as old as the business is. Probably one of my earliest memories, I had a mini hammer and he would give me some small nails and a hammer and a piece of rubber and I would just hammer the nails into the rubber on the counter and then tear it up and do it again and tear it up and do it again. And I probably thought I was doing something for a customer. And if you think back to that story when you were younger, the elves and the shoemaker would be busy overnight and everything would just magically get done and you'd wake up in the morning and your shoes were lovely and fresh. And I think I always had that kind of a feel when we were younger that that was something special happened in the shop. There's all types of shoe stretching down our calves, linked with bunions, corns, you name it, all shapes and sizes. That's a big part of it, the shoe stretching. There's a lot of online shopping now. People are buying shoes in. Oh, it doesn't fit me. She if it wasn't a day goes by, we'll have to turn down work. It's irreparable. And people come in, oh, I love these shoes, I love them. Save them for me, please. They give you a shoe in two pieces, like and say, put that back together. Dogs, dogs, dogs. The dog tends to go for the harder part, which is the heel, which is like a bone, right? Men in particular will wear their shoes down to just worn them out to a flitter's like, you know? And then they come in and say, can you fix those for me? I say, oh my God, you've been wearing them every day for two years. Look at them, they cannot be done. Simple <laughs> as that. Oh, literally there's holes in the soles. A hole in my shoe, like the song goes. But what's it really like to work as a father-daughter pair? I think that's part of why I come in. It's not just to come in and do the job, it's to come in and hang out with my dad, which is great. You know, we get to spend time together. Um, I think anyone that knows as well, we're not, not off, well. we're not <laughs> often seen without each other. <laughs> we're actually best friends, Schaefer. That's what we are. Oh, isn't that lovely? You know, yeah, you know, yeah. And uh, if you just look up here, you'll see all the bits and pieces as photographs of us here and there's birthday cards and there's everything there. It all keeps me going during the day, like, you know. My grandfather would have started the business back in 1946. It's nice actually keeping the trade alive in the country because there used to be shoemakers and bootmakers all over the country and each town would have their own maker. But obviously with passing the time and imports, that has changed. So we'd have people working here right down from apprentices to like master shoemakers. Tutty's Handmade Shoes in Kildare is another family-run business. Michael Tutty is the third generation to step in. The thing that catches you in the workshop when you walk in first is just the, the strong smell of leather. Earthy smell and the buzzing of the sewing machines and then you have like the whirl of the finishing machine, a high-speed kind of trimmer. So all of these kind of cacophony of sounds just is amazing, I find. So each work bench and shoemaker has, has their own sounds. 
the rhythm of hitting the last with the hammer. It's nearly like the beat of a drum. Like we have Christy nailing in the, the nails all around the heel. So he'd be nailing in around 20 nails one after the other. And he's been doing for decades and he doesn't do it without thinking. And he just has this has this kind of rhythm as, he, as he's stretching, pulling, sticking, hammering. And he repeats this over and over again. And it is. And sometimes you find him mirroring the, the beat of the song on the radio. Shoemakers and cobblers have seen a rise in popularity again. People are really asking for kind of leather soles, so they actually have a connection to the art and they're not kind of isolated through rubber soles. So it's kind of an interesting take that people are trying to get back to their roots, feel the ground. There has been a real drive on kind of sustainability, using natural materials, getting your, your shoes repaired and extending the life of the shoe, really, because you don't park up your car when the tires go bald. Why throw away your shoes when your heels wear down a little bit? We have a bit of a cheesy catchphrase that we can, we can heal you, we will save your soul, and we can even die for you. That's D-Y-E. <laughs> Anthony Coogan runs Brian's Master Cobblers in Dublin, where they've seen a surge in trainers coming in the door. A lot of it now is trainer cleaning as well. A lot of these, there'd be young guys who'd wear the shoes out on one, one or two nights to a nightclub, and then they'd drop them in and get them re-cleaned. So just like a dry cleaning service for shoes. We had a pair of toy high boots that were dropped in, about two and a half foot long zips on the inside, and both zips needed to be replaced. The guy who brought them in had an American accent. We just were halfway through the job, and we then said, like we just got chatting, and he said it was for a show for tonight. And I said, okay, is anybody we know? And he said, yeah, Beyonce. Uh, on the cooler note, we had uh, two small pairs, about size five, what, what looked like a lady size five shoes. One were gold with zips up on the inside and the other were, sort of, were high heel and had uh, sort of LED lights all the way around. So it turned out they were for Prince when he played Valhide Castle. So the small gold pair had to have the zippers changed on the inside. I still have Prince's zips there now. I had permission to keep them, so we still have those as memorabilia. From the stage to the sod, one Irish shoe has weathered the storms. Brogue, the word for shoe. It would all originated from people working in the land, in the boggy areas, in the midlands of Ireland, where the land was very wet and they needed to actually to drain the water out of their footwear. So there was actual physical holes in the shoes. And over time, you had the gentry who would walk the land and they would adopt the same footwear when they were hunting. And over time, this became a little bit more ornate and stylized, where these holes were no longer functional holes people in the Midlands working the land, they would have never thought they were going to be style icons uh, with people walking down uh, London Fashion Week with their type of shoes. In Limerick, Pat Franklin likes to leave work behind him once he walks out the door. 48 years of repairing shoes, like, you know, I, I go around barefoot at home all day long. Because I don't know, it's just a thing, like, shoes are gone. You know, when I go home, I don't, I don't want anything to do with shoes, kind of like. He's dead right. Beyonce, Prince and more. She from O'Queen reporting.